We've come to the end of another year. Can y'all believe that? And I was just telling Mary Lou, when we go into 2019, you know what's next? It's 2020. And I thought, wow, where did that come from? Don't rush it, right? And most of the time, when you get to the end of the year, the pastor is going to speak on what are you going to do next year. But I'm not doing that. The Lord impressed upon me to speak on how we end well. So many times we're going to, oh, well, let's... We, we messed up here, and we did this wrong, and, but we're going to do better next year when we get our New Year's resolutions and all that. But he impressed upon me to, to talk about how well we've ended and then show you in Scripture to, to kind of bring all the, the whole uh, story of the birth of Christ to, up to uh, Simeon and Anna. And uh, so that's what we're going to do today. That's why we're still in the Wonder. The last, this will be the last of the Wonder series. But it, hasn't it been a wonder for you? Uh, to walk through these events of the, the story of the birth of Jesus and to see all the intricacies, all the things that God weaved together to make it possible. And, and so every time I would study, I would just, wow, 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 wow. And so the wonder is, is still here, and it's going to continue as we move in our faith. It's going to continue to grow as we continue to dig and look and go after God and all the mysteries of, of God. So today I want to... I want to share some things with you about Freedom Fellowship, and I know I'm going to leave some things out or some people out, and so I'm going to apologize in advance, okay? So please, if, if I left something out, it was not intentional, uh, but this is some things I want to highlight that to share with you, and I'll go through them quickly of uh, this past year, 2018, to show you how we have ended well. We've had over, well, with, with uh, Crystal today, we have over 119 baptisms this year. We added new staff this year with Betty and Sandra. And with Betty and Sandra came Heavenly Encounters, Deliverance, the School of Nat Supernatural Healing and Transformation, the Communion Call, and many, many more things. On our Friday outreach served over 6,000 families this past year giving out almost 75 tons of food. That's 150,000 pounds of food. And through the food pantry, through the outreach, there were many salvations and many healings. Many miracles took place. Many volunteers sowed and sowed and sowed into that ministry, and will continue to do that. We raised over $30,000 without fundraisers, mind you, to send all of our youth and all of our children that wanted to go to camp, they went to camp. That's a praise. No car washes. We supported many outside ministries. Many of you know a lot of our outside ministries, but in particular, Don and Michelle Babin in Kenya. At one point, they said, we can't go on. We don't have the funds. And on one Sunday, we took up an offering of over $10,500. And way have over, there's a lot more that came forward, uh, came to them, but that was just in one instance. And he couldn't thank us enough. Freedom Homes completed eight projects. They have two ongoing projects. They had over 100 volunteers show up through the last year. And you showed into that ministry at Christmas time with an amount of over $7,500 in offerings to keep it going. 
R&R Market began, and I know it's in the heat of the summer, but through R&R Market, so many kingdom minis- uh, uh, connections were formed through that ministry, and people have come to our church and become a part of Freedom Fellowship because of R&R Market. This year, we launched our new website. We talked about it for three years. We launched our new website this year, and if you haven't looked at it in a while, you need to go look at it. It's a really cool website. Our intercessory prayer team sent blankets, prayer blankets, prayer coverings all over the world and here at home. And we have wonderful testimonies from that. Uh, We get cards and letters. And when we take these sacks and we have these blankets in them, people just post on Facebook. Thank you for caring. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for praying. The Journey of Hope concluded its first full year and had so many people come and get encouraged. Those that are battling cancer. The prayer movement continued into its third year and moved to its home base here at Freedom Fellowship on the first Thursday of every month from 12 to 1. People coming here from all over the city to pray. We've gotten to pray for the mayor. We've gotten to pray for the the police chief and many other people have been prayed for. Our college and young adult group has grown and is continuing to grow and they serve so faithfully in this church. CJ traveled from the East Coast to the West Coast and released his new CD this year. Joe Grimes participated in a movie project in Africa. Isn't that incredible? It's coming out this year, this next year. All these are not even to, to mention our ongoing study groups with our women, our men, our tour group, our cooking classes, our life groups. Woo! We hosted many events through Christian Reporter News. We, I mean, we have we have covered a lot of bases this year. We took the entire church through the growth track to freedom, everybody that wanted to go through it and grow through it. We uh, blessed, we had many from our fellowship become a part of Blessed to Bless Ministries and have gone to Mexico and served in Mexico. And even our own Mike Pacina has gone up into the mountains of Mexico. We've been joining, we've joined with other ministries. We are a kingdom church. Amen. We hosted the Glory to Glory conference in September. We have attended many conferences through the year so we can become better equipped. Physically, we were given a brand new 2018 Ford high-top van. Woo! And this may not mean much to you, but I had prayed and prayed and prayed because the funds for painting our building were not there, but we had one man painted the entire outside of our building, Gary Weeks. If you see Gary, give him a big hug and a thank you. We end the year with a little money in the bank, but more importantly, we end the year with no debt. Is that a praise? Come on. Let's give God, let's give God the glory. Yes. And we were given a brand. Well, it's not up here. But we, brand, we were given a brand new keyboard, and and now see, you open that up because everybody else has got something that they know. So just uh-uh, stop, stop, baby, stop. <laughs> have there been disappointments this past year? Of course there have. I mean, we live in this world. We live in a fallen world, and we're not always perfect, are we? So there have been disappointments. But I want to tell you something. I don't want to focus on them. I don't want to focus on the I want to focus on the blessings of God this past year, because when we focus on the blessings, we're going to move into a better year next year. And this is the year Then 2019 is the year of great harvest. Do y'all believe that? Because I believe that this city is ready for a move of God. 
And I believe it's going to start with us. I, think, I believe it's already started with us. But I'm looking forward to seeing this, this community come closer together. We're, we're involved in the Clarion Call, which is May the 4th, 2019. If you haven't put it in your calendar, you need to put it in there. Uh, Bishop Joseph Garlington, who we're associated with through Ron Campbell, is going to be one of the, one of the keynote speakers at the San Angel Stadium. We're believing for 14,000 believers to come together and show the world that we can come together as one. Be praying for that. And then next weekend, woo, January 4th, 5th, and 6th, with Roger, Prophet Roger Teal and Prophet Ron Campbell and with us to share with us to, to kick off the new year, give us direction. And, and, you know, we have a mission statement. We have a purpose. We know what it is. It's to love God and love people and, and be the hands and feet of Jesus. We know all the things that we're destined to do. But God may have some specific things he wants to share with individuals and us corporately. I believe he's going to share some powerful things this coming weekend. And please don't miss. Don't miss a night, a Friday night at, 5, at 630, Saturday night at 630, and Sunday morning at 10. And then we'll be getting with the rest of you, the leadership on the other times for when he meets with uh, the individual groups. So if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy 4. I want to start off this, this message by, but since we're talking about ending our race well, when you look at 2 Timothy and you look at the writings of Paul to his, his little son Timothy, it was in the end stages of his life. It was, it was almost like writing his obituary. It's almost like saying, this is, I'm gonna, I gotta leave my will. I've gotta, I gotta leave something for Timothy. And this is, this is what he said in 1 Timothy 4 7. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Can you say that this morning? I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Listen, you understand that he wants us to love the fact that the, even the thought that he is coming back for us. He wants to love that. He wants us to wake up in the morning. Could this be the day? Because, Father, if this is the day, I want to live it all out for you. That's why he says that. He says, I have fought the fight. I've, and here's what the fight is. It's in 1 Timothy 6, 12. He says, fight the good fight of what? Faith. That's our fight that we're in. A lot of people want to battle this and battle that and battle that. Listen, we're in the good fight of faith. It's a good fight. Say, it's a good fight. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So you're ready for, for, to finish well. We're going to go out with 2018. We're going to go out. We're going to finish it well. Amen. We're not going to go out with our head tucked between our knees and go, oh, I'm just so, way, I'm so glad this year is over. No, we're going to look back and say, God, you were good in 2018. God, you blessed us in 2018. I can't wait to see what you're going to do for us in 2019. But now, as far as I know, none of you are ready to check out yet. Out of this world anyway. We're still called to fight the good fight. We're still running the race and we want to finish. We want to end well. But you know, the calendar year, that's all it is. It's the end of a calendar. It's the end of a year on a calendar. It's just another day. So when you think about it, we're, we're ending, but we're beginning. Amen? So I want, to see, I want us to look at two people quickly that finished well, that ended their lives well. And we're going to glean from them and from, of course, Jesus Christ and Mary and Joseph 
how this takes place. How if if you if you're looking back and go, man, I didn't end so well, Pastor. Then I want to. The Bible is going to show you. The Word of God is going to show you what you need to do in 2019. So look, uh, turn to uh, the book of Luke, chapter two. Luke chapter two. We're gonna we're gonna finish up this wonderful event. Verse 21. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child. Who's the child? Okay. His name was called Jesus. The name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And now when the days of purification according to the law of Moses were completed. They brought, that was 40 days. They brought him to Jerusalem and to present him to the Lord. I want you to see first of all that Jesus began well. Okay. Jesus began well. Have you ever thought that from the very beginning, God's son identified with sinners? From the very beginning, we don't have to wait to the baptism. We don't have to wait to the cross. He, had, he was circumcised. He was wounded at the beginning of his life. At, the, at, at eight days of age, he, he had to go through a ritual that human beings had to go through or Jews had to go through to say that they were, they were a part of the Jews, that they, 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 were, they were not complete. They were not, they, 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 there was a... Sin that was represented, that's why circumcision was even given in the first place. So he identified with us as, as, as uh, sinners at the beginning of his age. He shed blood for us at the age of eight. Had you ever thought about that before? He had the circumcision, then the purification ceremony. They were all a, a reminders that we were born in sin. If you look it up in Psalm 51, 5, it says we were conceived in sin, but not Jesus. You see, he went through some things that he didn't have to go through because he wanted to identify with us, with a common man. And here's the thing. It's funny that that Jesus identified with sinners so that we could identify with him. Our good beginning. Listen, your good beginning. Jesus, he began well. Our good beginning begins when we have our hearts circumcised. And that comes when the word of God is preached and the Holy Spirit convicts and we surrender our life to Jesus Christ. And we are what the Bible says. We are born again. We are born new. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So we step out in this new beginning and we have this new beginning in Jesus Christ that only God can only God can take you through that new beginning and, and it manifests in your life in the way you live your life out, the way you surrender your life out, the way you yield your life to Jesus Christ. So say, I began well. Luke twenty two twenty three, For it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens a womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Ending well will always involve obedience. Now, a lot of people go, well, now I know that the wise men weren't there yet. Okay? Because if the wise men had already shown up and they got their gold, their frankincense, and myrrh, they would have been able to afford a lamb. But they couldn't afford a lamb. They brought the, they brought the poor p- person's sacrifice, which would have been uh, pigeons or doves. And so that's what they brought to the, to the, to the, uh, to, to the temple. Now, think about that. King of kings and Lord of lords, what do you got to give? Uh, I got some doves. I got some pigeons. Hmm? Mary and Joseph come to offer their sacrifice. 
And I don't even know if they understood that they were carrying the perfect sacrifice, the lamb, when they offered the two turtle doves or the two pigeons. Aren't you glad we don't live then? That we don't have to bring animals to sacrifice. We don't have to butcher something on an altar. We don't have to come once a year and go before the high priest. Aren't you glad? Because Jesus became the sacrifice. But here's the thing. God's not saying that we have to bring a, we don't have to bring an animal. He said, I want you to bring you. He said, I want you to bring yourself. I want you to lay yourself on the altar. I want you to lay it all down for me. Quite a sacrifice he's asked from us. But he says, if you will do that, I will bless you beyond belief. I will give you eternal life. I will hold you in the palm of my hand for the rest of your life. It's a pretty good exchange. We may not be required to bring an, uh, an animal to the altar, but we are called to bring ourselves and no longer count our lives as our own. You know, God has a requirement of us. A lot of people like the grace message. I love the grace message. Man, without grace, we're all sunk. But there's a requirements. Under the, under, under the grace of God, he's, he's asked us to live a life that's pleasing to him. He's asked us to live a holy life. I know holy is not a popular word. That's a set-apart life, set-apart unto God. He's, he's asked us to do that. He's asked us to live without sin. I know, oh, that's not possible. But he said, go and sin no more. He's asked us to live without bondage. He said, you're free from sin. You're free from bondage. He's asked us to live by the Holy Spirit and walk by the Spirit, not by our flesh. All that requires obedience. So if you're going to end this life well, if you're going to end this day well, if you're going to end this week well, if you're going to end this month well or this year well, you've got to, you've got to line your life up with the Word of God and say, I, I, I am going to promise you, Lord, that I'm going to walk as much as I can in obedience. Obey is greater than sacrifice to obey. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Simeon's name means he who hears. Anybody here named Simeon? Okay, I'm just going to declare that you are Simeons and you hear well today. This man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of the comfort of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had, not, before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do, for, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he, Simeon, took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word. Now that word, word, is the rhema word. The living word, according to your living word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled. They were filled with wonder at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed him, blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts 
may be revealed. I want us to look real quickly at keys for Simeon to end well. Let me get a drink. In verse 32, Simeon says, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. How many of you want to depart in peace? I have seen people on their deathbed that did not depart in peace. Have anybody ever seen that? It's not, really, it's not a pretty sight. And I contend that as believers, we should be able to depart in peace. I believe our last breath should be a peaceful breath. And he said, There's a, here's a man, he's an old man, and he says, the Lord told me that before I die, I want to depart in peace. Before I, before I go, I want to see the consolation of Israel. I want to see Messiah. I want to see the Christ child. God promised him this. But I want us to see six things about him that will help us, I believe, to end well this year and continue on into the next year. The first thing was that he was a man of character. He was a man of character. I talk about this all the time. You can have an anointing and not the character to match your anointing. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You can preach up a storm. You can pray up a storm. You can do all this. But then you walk out in the world and your character is locked, is the storm, you know? This man was devout and he was just. Can that be said about us today? Do we, is our yes, yes, and our no, no? Or are we people of integrity? When we say we're going to do something, do we do something? Because God's called us to be righteous. He's called us to be just and devout. He's called us to be people of great character. The second thing, Simeon was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was upon him. Now, before, before the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit would come. God would send the Holy Spirit, and he would light upon people. Then he would withdraw them from people. But it doesn't say he was withdrawn from Simeon. It just said the Holy Spirit was upon him. It's a, listen, if we're going to end well and we're going to begin next year well, we've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you think you can do this just with your little salvation experience and then you got your ticket punched to heaven, but you're not walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, listen, you're going to fall short so many times. You're going to get so upset. You're going to get so tired of the walk. You're going to get so tired of the tribulation because you're not going to have victory in them because you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit manifest in you and you're not yielding to the Holy Spirit to do a mighty work in your life. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. It was upon him. The third thing, he lived up to his name. I don't know what your name means. If you don't know what your name means, you ought to look it up. It's real easy. Go Google it. Find out what your name means. There's power in your name. Y'all have heard the story. I said, Mom, why did you name me Harold? I don't like Harold. I, I grew up with Weird Harold, you know, the cartoon. And I, don't like, I don't like the name Harold. It just seems like an old man's name. And she said, I don't know. I was looking through the phone book one day, and I thought, that's a pretty name. So I got, you got my name out of a phone book? Seriously, Mom, not, it's not a family name? There's not a, a great Uncle Harold somewhere? No. Find out later in life that Harold means great leader. King. Okay, Mom, maybe you knew something. I don't think she did. God did in her. <laughs> Find out what your name means. Become what your name says you are. 
Because it's important that we live out. Simeon was he who hears. Well, he hears. He hears very well. And he's going to the he's going to the Holy Spirit's upon him. And the Holy Spirit says, you need to go to the temple today. How many of you have ever had the unction of the Holy Spirit? And he says, I want you to do this now. I want you to do this tomorrow. I want you to call this person. I want you to write that person. I want you to pray for this person. You know what I'm talking about? You're hearing. But are you doing? Are you doing the obedience part of that? He lived up to his name. He came by the Spirit into the temple. I mean, what is that like? He's just so in tune with God. Maybe he heard the rumblings. Maybe he heard, maybe the word of the shepherds had, had kind of gotten out that the Messiah's been born. Maybe there was, maybe there was rumors going around about Jesus. He didn't know, but man, he was so in tune with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And there was a day coming, and the Holy Spirit said, Simeon, this is your day. Go to the temple. Go to the temple. And he walks in. Woo! Can y'all get that picture? That this, this elderly man that's been believing and believing and believing. And it happens. See? We believe and we believe and we believe and sometimes it doesn't happen. We just get, we give up. But he didn't give up. You know, he could have said, God, I thought I heard you many other times and I never saw him. But because I, I believe this is you, I'm going to go. I don't want to miss an opportunity. See, we miss opportunities because we just dismiss them when it's God actually saying to do something. The fourth thing is that he believed God's promise. He believed that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. God has given you all promises. He's given me promises. They're all through his word. We've gotten his promises. And yet sometimes we go, well, God, is that ever going to happen? Is it ever going to come through? Are you ever going to come through? But I'm here to tell you that his promises are yes and amen. He's not a liar. His promises are true. And this elderly man goes, I believe, I believe, I believe I heard the word of the Lord and I am going to contend with it. I'm going to partner with the word and I'm going to show up at the temple. The fifth thing was he was not afraid to to approach Jesus. He was not afraid to approach. Listen. You go trying to take those triplets out of Austin's hands or or Aaron's hands without your hands being washed. Uh-uh, uh-uh, this, uh-uh, don't be bothering my babies, they're asleep. But Simeon was so bold. Here's, here's Mary and Joseph walking up their little eight-day-old, eight or 48 days, however, however old he was. Their, little, their, their baby, they're coming into the temple. And it doesn't say, he didn't go up and say, oh, Mary and Joseph, uh, may I hold your baby? He didn't say that, does it? It's not the word. It said he took the child. Just grabbed the child. Get him! He's trying to steal Jesus. No, he just walked up and he took hold of the child. You know why? Because by the Spirit, I think Mary and Joseph knew something was up. I think they could see a godly man coming forward. He took him up in his arms and he blessed God. He blessed God. Some of you are afraid to approach Jesus. Some of you think, it's like Aaron was saying this morning, you feel so unworthy to come before the throne. But see, here's the, here's, the, here's the kicker. Here's the cool thing. We come before the throne room of grace. 
grace. You can come to him with all the junk in all the world that you've got that you've been holding on to. You can come to him boldly and say, God, here I am. I'm not much. I don't got much. I've done a lot of wrong things, but here I am. And he will accept you. Take him up today. Take him up. Be, a, be bold in your approach to Jesus Christ. Be bold. We, we go to the throne boldly. That's how we go. Man, I bet there was so much confidence in him that day. I, 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 There's probably so much emotion in him that day. Jews are pretty emotional people. He was not afraid to approach Jesus. And he was not afraid to make a bold declaration. Number six, he was not afraid to make a bold declaration. He said, this child is destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel. How would you like to tell that to mom and dad? They're hearing all these things spoken to them from the wise men and from, uh, or not yet, but from the shepherds and from the angels and from the dreams. And he comes and makes a bold declaration that your child is going to cause many to rise. But that's a good part. Many to rise, but many to fall. And then you're going to be grieved. Your, your, your heart's going to be cut through like a sword, Mary. It's a hard word sometimes to give. You know, we don't like to give hard words to anybody, do we? But sometimes you need to. Sometimes, parents, you need to give a hard word to your kids. Sometimes you need to give a hard word to each other. Sometimes you need to, we need to call each other out on some things. Brothers, sisters in Christ, when the gossip's going, we need to say, ah, stop it, shut it up. We don't need to partner with some things that we sometimes partner with. We need to be bold in our declarations, to, not just to, to, to the lost, but we need to be bold in our declarations to one another. If we're going to end this year well and move into 2019, we've got we've to maybe stop some things and start some good things. If we want to end our lives in peace and please God, it would be good if we paid attention to this man named Simeon, a man who hears. I don't know about you, but I want my life to count for something. In my life, I want it to count for the kingdom of God. Because whatever else I do doesn't matter. It doesn't. No, no matter whatever, whatever you do, it doesn't really matter. If you're not imparting faith, if you're not, in, if you're not imparting the kindness of God, if you're not imparting the love of God, if you're not sharing the spirit of God, if you're not doing the things of God, listen, everything else you do is just going to, you know what the Bible says, it's going to be burned up. Everything that's not of faith is going to be burned up. Everything that is to your glory is going to be burned up. But everything to God's glory, he's going, to, he's going to reward you for it. Everything that you've done for him, he's going to reward you for it. I believe that with all my heart. I don't know how that's going to look in heaven. I don't know if you get three bathrooms in your mansion or two or what. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how the rewards are going to happen in heaven if you get a different dessert menu than somebody else. Never have figured that one out yet. Or if you get to live closer to Jesus or Paul or, you know, or you, you know Joseph and Mary's neighborhood, I don't know how that's going to look. I think, you know, that's the way my mind thinks. If you're going to end well, you're going to have to make a decision of who you're going to serve and how it's going to, how you're going to live it out. What are you going to consecrate your life to? Now, let's look at Anna. Verse 36. And there was one Anna, 
Now listen to these names. Anna means grace. A prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel. Phanuel means the face of God. Of the tribe of Asher. We met little Asher this morning, which means blessed or happy. So she's got a really good name going, doesn't she? And a good heritage going. Her name is Grace. Her daddy's name is the face of God. And she's from the tribe of the blessed. She was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years. So if you do the math, she was probably about 106. Who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings, plural, and prayers, plural, night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who look for redemption in Jerusalem. Pretty interesting woman, wouldn't you say? See, let's look at the keys for Anna or Anna to end well. Number one, God's temple was her home. God's temple was her home. Now, I know we are the temple of God, right? We don't go to a temple. This is not a temple. This is a building. But we are the temple of God. But this is a place where God says, in his word, not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together with God's people. Think about it. They'd have had live stream back then. Would you rather have seen Jesus in the temple on live stream or would you rather have been there in the temple with Jesus? Dadgummit! I knew we should have gone to church today. I knew we should have gone. Man, I, Jesus was at the temple today. I saw it. I saw live stream. It wasn't focused very well, but I know it was Jesus. I saw Simeon walk in, and I heard what he said. And I saw Anna come in. Oh my! We missed it. Well, you, 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 you said we should, we we would just stay home today. It was just too cold to go to the temple. Football game's coming on. You said, well, wait, 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 watch that football game. We're going to sing Jesus. But don't we do that today? Don't we do that? To- Look at all the empty seats. This is the most empty seats I've seen all year long, I think. And I know people have got things to do and places to go and vacations and all that. I understand that. But how many times, how many times I've been a part of, Incredible services here. And people, hey, how was church? Oh, well, you should have been there. You, you, you can't really tell them. He says, you should have been there. You should have experienced it. Why do you think he says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together with God's people? It's important to be in church. It's important to assemble together. It's important that we encourage one another. It's important that we corporately worship, one an, uh, worship God. It's important. Or he wouldn't have said it what? They went, from, they went from house to house. They broke bread together. They always were working. They were staying together. They were, they were, they were uh, passionately worshiping God together from the beginning of Acts 2. They, just, they stayed together. And yet now, we, you know what we think of it as? It's just an option. Hey, baby, you want to go to church today? I don't know. So, guys, sore toe. Okay, let's stay home. The kids, they don't want to get out of bed anyway. So we don't make them get out of bed. We don't teach them discipline. 
Oh, the kids run the house. And I'm stepping on some toes. My kids are all gone, so I can do this. I want to ask you, I'm speaking to the choir. These, always, these sermons are always so weird because you're talking to the people that are here. Make, make being in the house of God a priority next year. Make it a priority. Make next weekend a priority. I know Friday, no, Friday, not they're having a service on Friday. Unless we've been reading a book about this lady that they'd had three-week revivals. They, they never missed a night. They didn't miss Saturday night. They didn't miss any night. Three-week revivals because the Holy Spirit was coming and moving, and there was such power, and the people didn't want to miss, and they were packing out these buildings back then. And now we go, three nights in a row? Are you three days in a row? Are you kidding me, Pastor? You know what the schedule looks like? 6.30 on Friday night, and then we go, oh, if you don't have child care, I'm sure not coming, but we have child care. <laughs> we, we've got a prophet that has traveled all over the world. He comes from England. Roger Tiel. Roger. He's a mighty big statured man. About six foot ten. He's got hair out to here. We've been watching him on YouTube, man. He's, woo! He's going to be in San Angelo, Texas at Freedom Fellowship. And you know, we have, we have people in our church. They're inviting people from all over the state. People from all over the state are coming. But we'll have our own people that go, eh, Friday night. I might go Sunday morning. I hear them Sunday morning. Yeah, I go Sunday morning anyway. <laughs> 10 o'clock. If I can get there by 10, 10, 15, 10, 30, because they worship too long. I always can find a seat because they got that new section open. Make it priority. We prioritize so many things in our life. Let's make that a priority. Let's come prayed up. I got hung up on that one, didn't I? <laughs> Number two. Keys for Anna to honor to end well. I'm going to say Anna. I'm Texan. She served God with fastings and prayers. She served God with fastings and prayers, not just prayers. I believe that 2019, we are going to be converted into more so of a fasting church. I believe that that's something that God's put on the hearts of many people here. And I'm not talking about fasting so you can lose weight. That, that's a great benefit from fasting. But I'm talking about real fasting. I'm not talking about missing chocolate. Or giving up coffee for a day. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about hardcore fasting. I want you to start asking the Lord, why do you want me to fast? How do you want me to fast? What's something dear to you? What's, what's, you know, some people, well, I'm going to give up my favorite TV show once a week. That's not a fast. It's just not a fast. Mostly in the Bible, it was always they were doing without F-O-O-D. Food. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. I'm not going to tell you how I'm going to do it. I know it's a personal thing, but I think this is also a call to the church. As individuals, I am calling you to begin to fast even for this next weekend. Ask the Lord, what do you want me to give up so I can focus that time? Listen, sometimes, I, you know, I've fasted in the past. I'm not, you know, doing without food. And I'm not praying what I'm doing without food. I'm thinking about food. You know what I'm talking about? I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Just fast here. I'm hungry. No, pray here. I'm, I'm, I'm hungry. <laughs> I should have called it slow because it's, the time goes so slow. 
think we're going to slow this week. But she served God. Listen, she served God. She didn't serve anybody else. She was serving God by her fastings and her prayers. Third thing, she persevered. Day and night and night and day for 84 years in the temple. I think at about 75 years, I would have given up. 84 years. At the age of 106. Does that blow your mind? Is that a wonder? Can you see her coming in with a little walker? Coming into the temple? Is he here? <laughs> He's here. He's here? I bet, man, if she had a walker, I bet she drop kicked it across the temple. <laughs> wow, Jesus! <laughs> Night and day. She perse- Listen, we don't even know what perseverance is anymore. We want it now, we want it done, we want it over with so we can move on to the next thing. She persevered night and day, fasting and praying, waiting for, waiting for a glimpse of the Savior. Waiting for a glimpse of the Savior. And the fourth thing, she was a witness. She was a witness. She spoke of him, Jesus, to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. You speak about Jesus a lot. You speak to people about Jesus. What's your conversation? Would you ask the Lord to give you a a godly conversation in 2019? In this year, Wells, talk about him up until the tick-tock of midnight on January 31st. Talk about him. Speak about him. Praise him. Worship him. You know, Anna was a remarkable woman. I'm sure in her age alone that she knew a lot of pain. She knew loss because she lost her husband after only seven years. But she never lost hope. And I think it was because she was a woman of worship and a woman of prayer and fasting. There's another thing I forgot to mention about Simeon and Anna together. They were pictures of those whose faith was so great that it sustained them through the years of waiting. Are you willing to wait on God? I want to tell you, let me give you a little advice. He's not on your timetable. So you might as well get used to waiting on him. But in the process of waiting, serve him. You know what waiters do at restaurants? They serve. So while you're waiting for whatever God's going to do for you, serve him. God's faithful to those who wait on him. Y'all believe that? Both Simeon and Anna were privileged to touch the Christ before they died in faith. They fought the good fight of faith. Luke 2, 39. So when they, Mary and Joseph, had performed all these things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city, Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, And the grace of God was upon him. No, duh. (laughs) He was the grace of God. Now, you may wonder what happened to the wise men because they were returning to Nazareth. But when you look at the Gospels, you have to look at them and put them together because not all of them say the same thing. They say the same thing, but they say them in different time, time frames. 
Luke omits the journey to Egypt. You know, that was to spare Jesus from being killed by Herod. Okay? That information is given to us by Matthew. We've already seen that. But none of the Gospels give us all the details. Luke has nothing in the, about the visit of the wise men. And Matthew tells nothing of the shepherds. But all four Gospels always supplement one another. More than likely, and I looked it up on the map, Bethlehem, I've been there. Bethlehem is about five and a half miles from Jerusalem. So when it says they went back to Nazareth, first of all, they had to go back to Bethlehem. They had to go back to the house they had in Bethlehem. The, sher- the wise men had to come and give them the gifts. They had to go to Egypt. Then they had to come back from Egypt. That's when they came to Nazareth. So between verses 38 and 39, it could have been quite some time. We don't know. But ending well, I want to just share this with you as we close. Ending well comes from a life of maturity. Luke 40, 240 says, And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. If we are going to end well and begin well, we've got to take this maturity thing. We've got to take it seriously. We've got to take it seriously. I see a lot of you guys are taking notes. You're taking this seriously. You're taking it seriously. Because you want to mature. You want to grow. You don't want to stay the same. You don't want to stay a baby in the cr- You don't want to stay. Jesus didn't stay in the manger. He grew up in stature and wisdom. The grace of God was upon him. He matured. At the age of 12, he was teaching them in the temple. So some of you, I don't, I don't know if you're, if you're 20 or 40 or 80, it doesn't matter. God never says that we quit growing. He never says that we stop maturing. He said, you, you're on the milk, but he said, I want you to eat meat someday. I want you to get into the, 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 the depths of God. I want you to go after the deep things of God. Deep cries out to deep. For us as a body, my heart's cry. My heart's cry is that we have this same passion to grow in our faith, to grow in the word of God, to grow in our in our ability to fast and to pray and to seek out the thing, the deeper things of God to mature in our faith. That's that's my heart's cries for this body of believers. Listen, you know, if you if I want to talk about disappointments, I could talk about them all day long, but I'm not going to talk about them because I'm looking for this next year to be a year of seasoned, mature believers to rise up in this congregation. And when that happens, listen, when that happens, we will have the altars will be filled with people that you're, you're going to bring in that are going to get saved. We're going to have the pe- uh, people coming up. I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We're going to have, we're going to have this, this place. It's going to be packed out. We'll have to have two services, maybe three services. But that's only going to happen when all of us get on board as one body, unified in one body, in one Christ, and we mature together and we grow up. And we don't, we don't wait for Sunday morning to get our teaching. We don't wait for Monday night to get all of our teaching. We don't wait for Wednesday night to get all our teaching. We're in the Word of God constantly. We can't wait to get into the Word of God and see what God wants to teach us. We want to grow in our faith. That's what I want for 2019. That's what I am speaking over this body today. That you will have the mind of Christ. That you'll walk in victory because you're walking in his spirit. You're going to walk way less in your flesh and a lot more in the spirit of God in 2019. 
there's going to be a hunger. Man, I pray a hunger for the, uh, the hunger of the things of God over you. I just speak it over you today that you're going to have a hunger for the word of God. You're going, to, you're going to want to dig into it and find all these treasures that are there. Amen. Would you stand? We have our ministry team come. Don't wander off while we have invitation time. And we have a closing video. First and foremost, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you want to end well? <laughs> end your life by get in, in, this, in this year by giving your life to Jesus Christ. That is the best way to end well and begin well. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Okay, that's the first invitation. The second invitation is, if you haven't consecrated your life to the Lord for this coming year, or even for today, to say, I'm going to go after God. I want, I want a hunger and a thirst for Him. Renew that within me, Lord. Would you do that this morning? Just right where you stand. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. And renew, re renew a right spirit within me. Not take from me the... Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Not our salvation. His salvation for us. Restore the joy of your salvation. That's the repentant prayer of David after he had committed a horrible act of adultery and murder. He said, restore in me joy, the joy. Renew a right spirit. Give me a right spirit. Spirit of the living God. Not my spirit, the spirit of the living God. So bow your heads and close your eyes. If there's any here this morning that don't know Jesus Christ, and you're here today and you, you've heard the word, you know that Jesus died for you. He rose for you. He has saved you. He's made a provision for your life. I ask you to step out and come. We want to pray for you. Step out and come. We want to pray for you. Just like Crystal did two weeks ago. She, kept, she stepped out and said, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. She gave her life to Christ. She's baptized this morning. If that's you, if you've been trying to do it on your own without Christ, to come and receive Christ today. We have counselors all across the front and the back that you can go to. We'd like to pray for you. Anybody? So I'm assuming everybody here is a believer. Or you've rejected Christ today. One or the other. So here's the second part of the, the invitation. Come on, come on, sweetie. Come on. Amen, amen. She's going to end well. <laughs> amen. Well, if she's just not getting saved, then there's some happiness going on, going on up in heaven, right? Oh, man. We, we can't see these things, but we're going we're gonna to be a part of that someday. I want to ask him, how was the party when I got saved? <laughs> Let's see which angels are going to show. Oh, yeah, it was good. We saw you at the altar in Shreveport, Louisiana. 
You were 17 years old, man. You was pouring out your heart. We were kicking up our heels in heaven. That's what he does. I mean, God just loves us so much. He loves you so much. He wants you to end well so you can begin well. So we just bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, my, pr- my prayer is that what I just said, but it's got to become their prayer. It can't be just mine. So right now, I want you to just purpose in your heart, if this is what the Holy Spirit's leading you to do, to commit your life to Him to end well this year. Commit your life to, to Him to end well this year and begin the next year amazingly in touch with the King of Kings. Just pray that right now. He wants every area of your life devoted to Him. Some of you are holding on to pockets. Just pockets. That you haven't released to Him yet. And He said today, release that to me. you're holding on to fear he said release that to me today perfect love casts out fear if you need prayer for any other thing we ask that you step out and come if you need prayer we want to pray for you now we've already prayed for the sick this morning and people were healed today if there's some if there's another need that you have this morning we want to pray for you 